Hi, everyone. This is Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. And I am, of course, here with the hostess with the mostess, Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hey, Joe. How are you? I'm doing really well this morning. It's a beautiful day in Boston, and wherever you are, I'm sure it's beautiful, Megan. One of these days you'll figure it out. <laughs> Where you are. Uh, we have another one who is enjoying a, a, what we were told, a fantastic view of the Hudson River this morning. We have Nilam Makajani, uh, who is CEO of the Resource Alliance. Hey, Nilam, how are you? Very good. Thank you. Good morning. And, and absolute uh, delight to be on the show. So, Nilam, you're based in London generally, right? Yes, 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 that's but you're, the, in, uh, you're in New York today, right? I'm in New York today yeah, for two you're days. In the, you're taking a bite out of the Big Apple, huh? Just one. Just oh, I wish, I wish. Yeah. It's, it's in my system already, so yes. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Now, um, we w definitely want to talk about your company, uh, the, uh, the Resource Alliance. But I want to ask you, how did International Day of Charity go at the United Nations yesterday? Well, I think it was uh, being the first one, being the launch of such a unique initiative. We have days for so many other uh, areas and wonderful causes, and I think to celebrate giving, this is a unique opportunity and an initiative. So uh, the conversation yesterday, two panel discussions, I think amazing issues were raised, and a lot of, obviously, expectations from this day. So, you know, the launch is only one milestone, making sure that the momentum stays and then we achieve uh, things around this would yet be another challenge and a milestone to see in the next 12 months and forward. Wow, for those for those of us that that have not heard much about the International Day of Charity, can you give a little bit of background about how this day was started and what you hope to achieve by by convening this forum? Um, yes, I think this is a discussion that's probably gone over a few years uh, going back as to. Uh, and this comes from the realization that you know the the problems in the world and the development problems and the and the complexity of the globalization and problems that we all face as civilians, we need to uh, we need to kind of consolidate the partnership model of philanthropy and the development sector. And unless we work together, it's going to be very piecemeal, and it'll take us much longer to achieve anything. Yeah, absolutely. So taking forward, so taking forward, you know, the initiative that the UN launched in 2000, uh, which was the Millennium Development Goals, and and we are very 215 is around the corner, and I think all the discussions on the UN bodies and all other philanthropies, the foundations, etc., are, are looking at how do we now. Um, to achieve more than what the Millennium Development Goals achieve, how do we work together? So I think that was the background to this. But then also uh, the background, the second uh, concept that needs to be uh, looked at is that it's not only the rich who should be contributing, and it's not only the Gates and the Buffets that need to be in the limelight. We need to, and we need to acknowledge the growing middle class population in the world. Mm -hmm. So having to uh, look at that potential, which, which in one of the recent reports it says if the middle class gave more strategically, we could raise $200 billion a year, which is enough to eradicate or alleviate poverty. So I think it is all, all the thinking behind how can we make sure that people are more engaged, more inspired, mm -hmm. and more connected with important causes in their own, on the national level, that they give more strategically. So uh, with that in the background, I think... Uh, launching and celebrating giving is, mm -hmm. is very, very important. And then, therefore, this International Day of Charity, which I think the Hungarian uh, 
uh, uh, the, the Hungarian diplomats in, in the UN, as part of the UN, took the initiative and got uh, signatories from all other states. Mm -hmm. And therefore, this day has been has been set up. So it is to celebrate giving, but also, therefore, to increase the potential and aspire for more and more people to be engaged in giving. So it is about celebrating the giving. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, it, it's great to have somebody with boots on the ground who can give us that firsthand account of, of what a fantastic event that is. Um, we'll look forward to hearing more about that. Joe had asked if you could tell us a little bit more about your organization um, and, and what you do on a daily basis. Well, I work for a, it's a very small organization, but with an amazing uh, global reach and impact. It's called the Resource Alliance. We are a charity with the headquarters in, in London. And we have offices in India and Thailand and in Africa and Brazil. Um, the the charity has always focused on for the last three decades and over um, that the organizations, the institutions, the NGOs and the charities around the world need to be more sustainable. They need to have their own reliance in terms of financial and best practices and how they run their organizations because we believe that in, in traditionally, the funding uh, route has always been from north to south, and we want to break that uh, silo as well, because actually in the present economic climate, there's more wealth in the south. Mm -hmm. And obviously, and the problems are also more more complex in the southern part. If I can still use those, uh, those words, uh, the emerging economies and all of that. So I think there is a huge need if we want to see sustainable development and sustainable betterment of life. We need to ensure that the organizations and charities in the south are far more sustainable and they can set and, and develop and sustain their own agendas. Mm -hmm. That are not, you know, then that that come from the ground up. So it's a bottom-up approach that needs to be supported, and I think that's what my organization does. So we work with nonprofits around the world, uh, helping supporting them with skills and knowledge uh, in being more sustainable institutions, which which is uh, which is an absolute crucial part of seeing development being achieved and world is a better place in which we leave we live and leave behind for our children. So it, that's what my organization does. We offer training, we work, and fundraising is our core expertise as well. So we help them diversify their income basis so that they can engage their communities better and follow their mission rather than the money. So it's, it's, uh, organizations have to be mission-led and not resource-led. So that's that's our focus, and we also, therefore, on the other hand, on the same side of the two sides of the same coin, work with philanthropies around the world because uh, engaging them more with the charity sector. So one goes hand in hand. One of the things that w that we see a lot in the United States, and I'm curious to know how you address this and if you see this internationally, is, and I don't have the statistic in front of me. I wish I did, but this confluence and proliferation of nonprofit organizations being developed and it's what happens in the United States often is that people recreate the wheel all the time they go through all sorts of time and trouble and you know investment really to create these nonprofit organizations when there's another charity down the street or across the river doing the exact same thing or something that could potentially be 
you know, they could collaborate with. So are you seeing that internationally? And if so, how do you address that conversation? Well, that's, you know, it's such a big thing too, uh, Nilam and, and mm -hmm. Megan, because it's like someone told me there's like five to 7,000 cancer organizations just here in the United States. I'm sure there, there's that just in Boston. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're very right. No, it's an amazing, it's a really, really very good point. But, and I'll just put you in perspective of India, which is where I come from. Uh, I'm born bred in India and uh, then moved to US and then UK, we have 1.3 million charities. So, you know, it's not even in thousands anymore. Wow. And and this and every day there are charities coming up and this is across the globe. It's across. So it's not US or where in fact you have better structures in place to even do that. We keep reinventing the wheel. We start our own charities and I think uh, a lot has to do with our personal ambitions and personal egos of the founders Right. in many ways. I should have my organization right. because I need to be the president. So a lot of that, it comes from there. And But I don't want to uh, um, underestimate the passion that comes with it. Mm. However, uh, you know, I think in the longer term, and we've, uh, even as I said in April when I was at the UN, we are now talking of partnerships, we are talking of collaboration. But it's not yet happening. You see, we are talking. We do a lot of talk, actually. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of talk. It's the actually doing of it, which is where we are weakened. We've got lots of policies. Implementation is always a challenge. You're right. There are million charities around the world who could, millions of causes, who could actually even show a much more impact if they joined up. So absolute need for not just cancer but education environment in every sector there are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of charities and the, the need to collaborate is still not seen as a value add and everyone is still i think the biggest challenge is the silo uh, thinking and also egos and the language barrier between the sectors so there is an absolute need for charities to collaborate. So partnership between charities is critical. And then partnership between charity and philanthropies is also very critical. Mm. Hey, Neelam, can you give us, and, and I, mean, it, I mean, what's incredible about you is you work all over the world. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yes. I hardly ever get out of Boston. Hardly. You know I mean? But you are like, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure I know. Well, you know India I mean? would be the first place to go. That's right. See, like, hmm. I feel like I'm in the best place already, you know. But <laughs> what I'm curious with you is, what organization, and this can be anywhere in the world, I mean, do you point to a group of organizations that you would say, you know, Joe, here's a great example. It can even be in London. Here's a great example of a group of organizations that are working together and they're not being redundant, they're not driven by egos, and they're getting a lot done. Well, there are a couple of examples in the UK. It has started, and these are uh, now the collaboration in UK. The example I'd like to give you is is on a very high scale, but it is a good example and model to be emulated. Is in UK when I moved to UK, I worked with Help the Aged, mm -hmm. an organisation that works for older people and and looks after uh, you know provides them services. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we had another organisation in the UK called Age Concern. And also working for older people on advocacy, more on advocacy, and, and running projects on the regional level in, in the country. So both health, the aged, and age concern, both organizations raising together, I think at that time, this is about five, seven, eight, ten years ago, uh, over three, four hundred million pounds a year, both of them, massive organizations, massive structures. 
and they were working and it is in the last five six years i think it's about six years that they merged it's now called age uk and they merged as organizations so they kept the core values of both the organization mm -hmm. it's not an easy task to do that because obviously no. the bigger you are the more complex and more culture is as culture is a huge um, indicator of how do you even work together because both organizations can have very different cultures so that's happened in UK. The two massive cancer charities united many, many years ago. Uh, in the very recent past, Merlin, that is a, a, a organization, a, a rather large INGO working in emergency areas, has now been uh, merged or uh, taken over by Save the Children. So it's happening and it may happen for good reasons uh, in terms of saying why are we reinventing the wheel and you know spending so many millions on infrastructure but yep. it also is i think it brings far more better value to the program and to the beneficiaries and the return on investment for the uh, for the donor mm -hmm. yeah no I, I, I agree because i mean that i mean i really do think if we could do a better job pooling our resources together we could get uh, so much done and you know there's an old saying too you know just think about what we could accomplish if it didn't matter who got the credit Absolutely, and this is same. And in charity sector, we actually shouldn't even have that consideration. You know, we, we when we work in charity sector, I think our sole aim is to bring about social justice. That's what we are here for. So where does all this come into? But then, you know, like in any other uh, sector, we have people, we have personalities, we have our own ambitions and aspirations. And I think that is where things, things do uh, fade out in terms of, so what's my final goal? Why am I working in this sector? And I think there is this huge reflection that as individuals who work in this sector need to do very ever so often why am I why am I in this sector and this, this these couple of examples I gave you are large organizations on high scale but I think there is even more value this to happen and replicate at the at the smaller level because there the resources are even even tighter Mm -hmm. I have another question for you. I'd like to switch the conversation, shift it just slightly. Again, you have this great global global purview, and one of the things we've seen so much recently is the rise of social entrepreneurship. You know, a, a company yes. that really has a social mission, but that is a company that's not a charity that's trying to build a profit around solving a social issue. So, mm -hmm. how do you see the role of that in the world? Is that competing? with charity can they collaborate with charities how just what's your perspective on, mm, on that good that question growth? good question i think one of our audience yesterday also asked this question about the new social impact and, and impact philanthropy and venture philanthropy it's a good question i think it's also easy traditional giving uh, used to be uh, one way giving you give a check to a charity because you felt altruistic and you wanted to do something good because we all believe in and especially in countries in asia and africa and you know we have this sense of if you do well something good you get something you know you're blessed so uh, that's traditional giving not that it's any less important but the new generation uh, giving in in a way where the where the young people, the younger generation, wants to be more engaged with charities, they actually want to go into charities, and and it's a good one because earlier the word charity was about helping, you know, it's helping others, and I think we've moved from there. It's about empowerment. It's about social change. So I think because of the movement and the aspirations and the needs of the donors, 
is to see social change, and especially if they're putting in large sums of money, they want to actually see that the change is uh, longer term and sustainable. So their engagement with, with the development is on a very different scale. So if you look at social investment, as you said, or impact philanthropy, this is all about being more engaged. Um, but there is also, I mean, I disagree with the fact that some of them believe that market solutions is the answer, and I don't think that is the sustainable answer. Um, and some of the models of impact philanthropy or venture philanthropy have bypassed charity. So they're going and setting up, right. for example, I know of a, a venture philanthropist who goes into Africa and settlements and sets up small call centers and things like that, So and but then wants his investment back. Mm-hmm. It's it's a model. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the intentions are really great. That mm-hmm. you're still helping people find livelihood, you're helping people come out of uh, crime, all of that. So it's good model. But I still believe that charities must be in the center of it if you want to sustain any development mm-hmm. uh, activity. Well, you know, Getting and I think return- it too, Neelam, is you know one of the things that I think you're really pointing out too is that we got to stay innovative and we have to look at the situation, yeah. we have to look at the nonprofit and what's happening and see what the opportunity was. And see, that's what so often I encourage even the nonprofits I work with to do is to really look around them creatively and progressively and to figure out, you know, what is really the opportunity here? What assets do we have? And I guess that's as much important if you're a nonprofit in Boston or if you're in South Africa or anywhere in Africa doing anything. Absolutely. You see, in this very fast changing world, the only constant is change, as we always say. So it's not something different that I'm saying. But Unless you are always aware of what's happening around you, either you will be complacent or then you'll be left behind. So you have to walk with, you see, the philanthropists play a very important role. And philanthropy and development go hand in hand. Philanthropy is development, actually, not supporting it. we have to look at what the new individual who wants to contribute to this sector brings to it. And we have to find a solution that meets all the needs. The only um, criterion I think we need to be very aware of is how sustainable is this going to be in the longer term. So it's not a it's not a one-off small intervention. And how can you see every intervention that requires any kind of resource, whether it's money or? And I am totally for if a philanthropist puts in a great idea, creativity, and wants return on investment. There's no harm in it. But I think we need to we need we still need to set models that can be replicated and scaled up. They're still very small. They're still being tried and tested, which is a good idea. But I think scaling up can only be done either by governments or the charity sector. An uh, individual philanthropist can go into one country and set up six uh, centers and then want his return back. How far can you replicate this and how do you scale it up will require partnerships at a global level. And and I think involving the, uh, the charity sector, the civil society will be critical for it to be scaled up and the governments and the other philanthropists. So I think the core of everything I'm saying is we need to create models of partnerships and frameworks, and which is why my organization is, is um, working on a concept and a campaign called At the Same Table, which is bringing different multi-stakeholder approach to the table to create frameworks for partnerships. And that can be scaled up and replicated. So we start on a national level, take it to the regional and global level. I'm sure it will take a long time before my dreams on this concept are realized, but I am therefore approaching a lot of uh, stakeholders to come and join hands with us.
Fantastic. Uh, Nilam, I am exhausted listening to you. <laughs> you, have, you That wasn't my intent to you exhaust you. You have so much knowledge. You have she so does. much knowledge. And you are bent Thank on you. accomplishing so much. <laughs> hey, Thank it's you. only 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> I know, it's 9.30. I'm jet lagged, so I'm up and about. She's on fire. Uh, She's yeah, on I know, fire. you're on fire. Well, you work. I'm on fire, then, yes. And then you being in New York today, it's a good place for an ambitious person like you. You have some yes. wonderful goals. Yes, it is. Nina, I love New York. If people would like to find out more about your organization and the good work that you do, where can they do that online? Well, it's, uh, we have a website that gives you a lot of information. It's uh, www.resource-alliance.org. Um, and I'm very happy, and so is my small team. It's a very, very dynamic, capable team in London in the Secretariat, and we'll always be happy to, to connect, answer questions, and, and um, anything that helps us achieve the mission, our mission and mission of other many charities. So do go on our website, just put in Resource Alliance, and you'll get to, get to the site. And we do recommend you check that out. There's lots of great, great resources that look like they're mostly free on the site. So definitely yes, check that are. site out, and we'll put the we'll put the link in our show notes. Joe, where can people Thank find you. more about you if they would like to do that? I don't have any time to talk. I got to get out and do some stuff. I got to go save the world. <laughs> I have to go catch up with Nilam. <laughs> oh my goodness! I've done my job. I think. <laughs> uh, people can reach me, of course, at my blog selfishgiving.com. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Waters, and of course, check out my Pinterest boards at pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can they find you? And Megan, you're three hours behind us. Think how much more you can get accomplished now. I know. I'm, I'm one step ahead of both of you because uh-huh. I am. I am very early in the morning but i am also on twitter at megan strand and i tweet for the cause marketing forum at tweet cmf and you can find cause talk radio on stitcher smart radio as well as itunes we do encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on itunes if you're so inclined leave us a comment let us know if you like the show or not uh, and we will look forward to seeing you on the next episode of cause talk radio thanks so much for joining us 